Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz. A photographer told me his camera didn't have continuous high-speed mode, and I almost burst out laughing. Welcome to episode 106. My name is Scott wyden and I'm joined by my guest, John D'Amato. John is a branded lifestyle portrait photographer who collaborates with expert-based business owners to create emotional connections with their audiences through persuasive visual storytelling. More than just a photographer, John sets his clients up for success beyond the portrait session by coaching them on how to best leverage their image content for every touch point across their online and offline presence. And as a former television uh, producer, John has over 20 years of production experience and has been featured as a portrait photographer expert on several NBC Universal daytime talk and reality shows. So as you might know uh, from what I just told you, John knows what he's doing when it comes to branding, headshots, um, brand photography, and just really publicity and 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 persona in general. So this is going to be a really nice conversation. John, uh, welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast. Well, thank you, Scott, for having me. Although I'm having second thoughts after listening to that dad joke you just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, boy. Thanks for yeah, having no, me. I, yeah, yeah. Um, we have like what I call informal seasons because I don't really put a, like a cap on seasons. Um, I take a break every August and then start the podcast again after that. So mm-hmm. basically since September, I've been trying to do a really cheesy joke for every episode. It's been working out, but I'm, my, uh, my arsenal's running out. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a website somewhere that you can grab a whole bunch of those and apply yeah. to, for, for, for us photographers. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, today we're going to be talking about um, brand photography, right? And really, the differences between being a brand photographer and really a brand specialist. Because I think you are more than just a brand photographer. You are a brand specialist. Um, well, well. First, first thing, Scott, is uh, for me when it comes to branding photography, I. There's a certain way in which I see uh, our community using it that I feel is being misused, quite frankly. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of photographers refer to themselves as quote unquote branding. I do not refer to myself as a branding photographer, by the way. The only place mm-hmm. that you'll ever see me say branding photography is in my SEO, my URLs and metadata, because that is what my audience knows me as. But I refer to myself as a branded lifestyle portrait photographer. And it's because when you're talking about serving a particular audience and you're talking about branding, it's not just a headshot. It's not just a photo of someone working on a laptop. It encompasses a wide array of images that illustrate who that person is, who they serve and why they do what they do. Essentially, it's not just about the aesthetics. It's not just about the one thing. It's, it's understanding that person, their personality, 
why they do what they do and how they do it and incorporating all of those key elements into the photography because the photography is not about the photographer contrary to what a lot of us believe <laughs> contrary right. to what i believed up until about three years ago when i niched my business to serve speakers and authors and expert-based business owners it's about them it's about finding the beauty of what they, at least for my particular, uh, the way in which I shoot lifestyle photography, as well as uh, some portrait work as well, looking into the camera. But it's, it's about finding how to use our aesthetic abilities and our gift behind the camera and finding the beauty in those moments and centering it on them and not just making it about the aesthetics. It's the value proposition of these images really creating an emotional connection with their audiences. Cause that's what we're doing. Right. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, um, as photographers, uh, we, we need to present ourselves how we want our clients to see us as well. Um, we, yes. we need to be seen in a way that will appeal to the clients that we want, specifically, yes. right? Not, not just to anybody. Um, so for, as, as a good example, um, uh, a friend of mine, Mike Alabach, he originally, when he, for years, he was a wedding photographer. He's now switched genres to now doing uh, boudoir photography mainly. Mm -hmm. But um, he always called himself the tattooed bride photographer because he wanted clients who were covered in tattoos and wanted these, these more exotic weddings. Like he, I don't know if you've ever been to Eastern state penitentiary in Philadelphia, but he would always have clients whose weddings were at this prison, this abandoned prison that's now a museum. Yeah. I know where um, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, cool. I love that place. That's um, awesome. so, so a good example is if we want tattooed clients, then we need to show off our tattoos, right? I mean, if you want, if you want that client, you need to portray yourself and your work in that way. So I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about how we present ourselves as photographers. Absolutely. In fact, that is one of the biggest things that I uh, harp on when it comes to educating photographers on how to present themselves memorably and referably through their online presence. Um, it's not just about the images. It's not, in fact, that's, that's one piece, but what it really is about, it's about the, the stories that you share. It's not about sharing your images and show how great your work is. In fact, that, you know, your client doesn't care if you had a wonderful session or a great, you know, a uh, bridal shooter or save the date and we rocked the session and, you know, some crap like that. No one cares about that. What they care about is what were the challenges that these people had in front of your camera that you solved for them? It always comes down to problem solving. It always comes down to making it about what you do for the client and you do and in terms of sharing who you are as a person, it's the way in which you share that story. Your voice comes through those words. Your voice comes through in that video where your personality comes out and the way that you direct people. And basically, potential clients will see this stuff and they see the work and the work is great. That gets them in the front door. 
But what keeps them in the house is who you are as a person and whether or not when they qualify you, that will let them know that you're a good fit to work with them. So it's about, it's a mixture when it comes to branding yourself through your online presence. It's sharing your expertise. It's sharing your life as a business owner, as a photographer, as someone who is out there in the world making it for him or herself. And it's sharing your life as a human being on the planet. See, those other two, the expertise piece, a lot of people may or may not get. And I'm not talking about I shot at F2 at uh, 160th of a shutter. Not the, not the numbers. It's about the problem solving stuff. That illustrates your expertise. How did you troubleshoot? You know? Why do you do what you do? But then the stuff about being a business owner and, and sharing your life, that stuff is about creating relationships because ultimately that is how photographers build a referable brand and a memorable brand. It's by building relationships. It's by connecting with people beyond the photographs. It's building trust and it's being relatable. That's why you want to share a full scope of your life with your audience, because otherwise you're playing the SEO game, you're commoditizing your business, and it's a race to the bottom. But when you do the opposite and you present yourself in that way and you go after relationships, that's a race to the top. That makes you a premium photographer. It presents you as an authority in your particular uh, space of photography, whatever that discipline is by niching yourself and presenting yourself as that thing. And that's how you make more money. Um, would you say that besides from sharing your stories and photographs of, of you as the photographer, maybe behind the scenes or things like that, would you say having somebody film you on in video is also really important for your, for your, your, your photography brand to show who like you, you at, like actually show you like moving in your yes. life. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So no. This is, yep. I'm sorry, yeah. So it, it might be worth for, for photographers to start considering having assistance there to, to their sole purpose is not to help you with the lighting and stuff, but their sole purpose is document you in video. Yeah. It's not an assistant. I wouldn't even refer to him as an assistant. I would refer to that person as someone who is kind of maybe like a PA, like a production assistant or, mm -hmm. or a social media person. Someone basically, uh, if I had the, uh, obviously, um, you know, dealing with what's going on right now is a little <clears> bit <throat> of a push with finances and everything and shoots. But when, when things are going, when, um, when I'm rolling, whenever I have an opportunity to hire somebody to do some behind the scenes video uh, and kind of capture those moments, it's important because what it, what that's doing is, yeah, yeah, it looks cool. I had that hap I had that done once. A client actually brought her videographer to our session in Manhattan. And he shot some stuff and I asked him afterwards because he was not going to he was just using that stuff for a documentary on her because she's a keynote speaker. I mm -hmm. asked him to just send me some selects because obviously, you know, I'm producer and video editor and all of that. So I'm like, just send it to me. I'll cut something. I put that thing up. And I got a ton of response. And it wasn't just because, oh, look at Johnny looks like a badass. I mean, I look it looked great. But what it really did 
was I harped on the fact that it showed the connection and the relationship during the session of me sharing the photos with her as we're shooting, me directing. And it was all vo it was all uh, music and montage, but it was the facial expressions and you could see the slow-mo right. of me directing. And that stuff really helps kind of demystify your process. And that's a part of building your brand, demystifying your process. So people really can have that, those touch points to really kind of understand how you create your magic. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, there's something about video that really makes somebody connect with you, uh, in, in your business, sure. something about it. Um, so there is a huge difference between headshot photography, commercial photography and, and branded lifestyle photography. Sure. Um, so can you share, with with the listeners some some insights into the lengths you go to dig deep into helping your clients with their branding and even if it's just like an example client that um you don't have to say names but like um an example of of a way that you dug deep to figure out how you could help that person more than just here's some photos yeah um that's every single client i have i don't just show mm -hmm. up and uh at a location and hope for the best <laughs> we don't do right. that what right. i do is i have a list of about 30 questions that i ask before every single session to unearth certain things about not just who the person is uh, you know just kind of basically i'm gauging their personality to see how i need to adapt my direct to, directing style to really resonate with them to make sure that i get them on board that mm -hmm. is always happening in the background but aside from that I'm trying to find out uh, what does work look like to them? Is it all virtual? Is it in person? Do they work in a co-working space? Like I'm getting ideas on locations. I'm getting ideas on their process. Is it a tablet? Do they work off the phone? Do they use Zoom? Are they, are they in person most of the time? Uh, then I'm finding out other things like what books inspire their thought leadership? Like what books uh, inspire their productivity? What does productivity look like to them? How, you know, what does a typical day look like? Because I'm shooting lifestyle portraits. So I'm trying to get all of those pieces and figure out if I'm going to their house to shoot it in real life, or if we're going to stage it in a co-working space or in a Airbnb, or if we're going to shoot on the street, in the park, whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting all of this insight into who they are. And then I'm, once that is done, uh, as a matter of fact, w there was one time where this uh, led to a really interesting uh, little addition, which is uh, I had a client who is originally from Nigeria. She's a keynote speaker and a lawyer, and she speaks on the immigrant women experience here in the United States. Um, and I was talking to her about her wardrobe because that's another, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I don't really harp on the traditional makeup and wardrobe. It's like, yes, we need makeup. Yes, we need wardrobe and blah, 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 blah. And I kind of have questions about that. But this particular case, the wardrobe question really, really helped because she was just like, yeah, corporate attire. And I wear this. And I'm like, what do you wear when you're public facing, when you speak, not just when you work as a lawyer for uh, a banking institution? So, well, where I wear basically the same thing. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I was on your social media feed before we got on the phone. And I noticed that you wear a lot of traditional African uh, outfits. And I saw a bunch of them. And she said, yeah, well, you know, I wear them at formal occasions, but what does that have to do with 
you know, what we're doing. I'm like, you speak on the immigrant woman experience. You're from Africa. You're in the United States. I think it's kind of would be cool if you would wear some of those outfits. Turns out she brought three of them. We shot a bunch of them and she uses them everywhere, including all of the talks that she does. She uses them as promotional images for the talks that she does for, especially on the immigrant stuff. So I'm like, do you see how that works? You know, and, and I would imagine that just aside from it being more her personality and who she is and her background and everything, but I'd also imagine just from the way you explain it, lawyer outfit versus this, that these outfits are probably way more colorful too. They'll probably uh, add a whole lot, a whole nother oh, vibe yeah. to it. Oh, so, oh yeah. No, they're all, yeah. I mean, aesthetic. And then I had her dancing in them. I shot photos of her <laughs> against the wall dancing in the out. It was great. But yeah, exactly. Because the thing is, is that when it comes to personal branding photos, all of that stuff matters. The aesthetics right. matter. The emotion matters. The personality matters. The how you serve your people. All of it matters. It's not just, you know, one piece. Right. Um, okay, so I want to dig in a little bit into some more website-specific things now. Um, sure. So um, are there any specific website tips, advice that you would give to headshot photographers or other branded lifestyle photographers that are trying to build up that part of their business uh, or pivot to that type of business or something? Any funnel tips, organization tips, design tips, anything that you have that you that you have found has worked well for your website um, or, or colleagues of yours that that um, you think could work well for others? Sure. Identify, first of all, uh, identify who your core audience is. Now, listen, we're photographers. We'll shoot whatever the hell we can shoot, just either for fun, for, for the hell of it, or maybe make some money on the side. But And that's all well and good. But if you're looking to get into a place where you build a you know, referable business that, like as I mentioned earlier, you know, that, that builds in premium rates, presents you as an authority. You need to niche. Identify a core audience that you serve and figure out what their problems are. That yeah. is and, and, above all else because – and then you write about that stuff. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. And and when you say that, you don't just mean, okay, I'm, I am I now photograph branded lifestyle portraits. You mean You mean not only do I do it but speakers are my niche. Yes. Right. So you're talking yeah. like really specific. Yeah. But there, there's a fear amongst us, amongst us shooters where it's like, oh my God, if I, if I don't talk to everybody, I'm going to shoot nobody. The reality right. is, is the less people that you talk to, the more work you're going to get. That is something that is the most important thing about your website that photographers need to understand because it's the one that most of us don't do. And it's what right. pigeonholes us with everybody else. And as I said, it becomes a commoditized product and it's a race to the bottom. That fear needs to be broken and clearly illustrated in your website that you serve one audience with one particular style and you solve a specific set of problems to that audience with that niche, period. You know, in, in the um, for anybody listening who who does family portraits, for example, you might be wondering, okay, well, how do I niche down when it comes to families? Well, one thing would be, for example, um, you know, instead of being 
the photographer who takes the $150 sessions and calls it a day and then knocks out 10 of those in a day in order to make money, you could be the photographer, the family photographer that has a higher session fee. And on your website, you're marketing prints, 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 wall art, wall art, wall art, so that you're showing people, look, it's not just prints, it's albums, it's wall art, it's, it's higher end items, not just a quick session with digitals, right? Um, so yeah, you, it's funny you mentioned that actually, yeah. because uh, a colleague, a friend, and a client of mine, Jeff Shaw, who is a speaker and speaks on personal branding, is mm -hmm. a photographer. And he built exactly what you just said into a six and seven figure business for a very long time, focusing on wealthy families. And his and basically the way he did that was change the lingo. That's the name of his book, the lingo in his <laughs> all of his messaging. That's his that's his jam. That's what he speaks on. Uh, yeah. He changed his messaging on his website, in his social, the way he presented himself physically to these people as a way to attract them in. And that's who he shot. That's who he served. It's exactly what you could do with your online presence, starting with your website. Awesome. Um, okay. So a bit of a rapid fire question. This one, you might take you a little bit to figure, to, to come up with an answer and that's okay. Cause we can mm -hmm. edit out that space. <laughs> if mm -hmm. you had the time, which I know right now, a lot of us have time, but if you had the time and the money to make a drastic change to your website that is guaranteed to boost business 10 X, what would it be? Wow. I wonder, I wonder if such a magic pill exists. <laughs> <laughs> what would I, know, I, do my, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I kind of dig where I am with my website, but if I had like a way to make it better. Is there, is there something that you've been dying to do that you just haven't had the chance to do to your website? Probably, Something that you think will, will, you know will make what I more business. You know what? Yeah, actually, I do. What I would probably do, because I don't really play the SEO game very much, to be quite honest with you, because my work mm -hmm. is basically through referral and, and, and that's kind of how – and the communities in which you know I'm a part of. However, what I would probably do for the website is hire someone to duplicate my homepage and duplicate some of my other pages for some of the other services and play with the keywords because I would never want to do that. That that would absolutely drive me nuts. So I would change right. everything and isolate and uh, maybe do different keywords on the thing on each page and see see if that actually would make any difference whatsoever in what I do. My 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 initial inclination is it wouldn't simply based on my model. However, if I had money and time, that's what I would do. You know, and, and SEO, like putting a, have a dedicated SEO person is expensive. So sure um, is. that's that, oh. <laughs> the good answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's right in line with it. Um, yes. You know, it, it, I have, I have a feeling that, that, you know, um, a successful business, that is not focused on SEO, you actually can, by focusing on SEO, you can actually improve your business even more because you're just gonna show up in more search terms that you're not showing up for now. I um, know, I, I so, yeah, but, well, yeah. I will say this, in, in, in fairness to SEO, I still play the game mm -hmm. to a certain extent because through my right. blogs and through my metadata, uh, through the URL codes, and like I said before at the beginning, 
I write right. personal brand photo like everywhere, all tags, right. all of that. So yeah, it's it yeah. has a purpose. Yeah. Um. And and uh, the other thing is like a lot of people um focus on Google and only Google when in reality, and and you're you're partially you're partially doing this already is in reality. The, the second most popular search engine is YouTube. So, you know, what we talked about earlier, getting to video, you can optimize the heck out of YouTube videos. And now you'll show up for, for Google's terms and you'll show up in video uh, on YouTube and on Google as yeah. well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I do a blog. Uh, so I, I write a blog. Speaking of YouTube, I write a blog mm-hmm. and... Um, Every, uh, th- it's 13 blogs a month, by the way. I do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And up until this whole thing happened, I was scheduled two and a half months out. But um, I paused it because a lot of this stuff's written out of context. However, uh, I will go back to them. But every Friday, I do a video blog, and it's uh, through YouTube. I started doing that for that very reason, to show up, because it is the second largest search engine in the world. Yep. And also it it allows people to get a sense of your personality. That's the other cool thing about it. Because what a lot of people, what a lot of photographers do is, is, oh, I'm behind the camera. I only want to be behind the camera. That's a load of BS. You could be behind the camera all day, but if you want a successful business, people need to know who the hell you are and they need to know whether or not you're, you know, the type of person they want to work with. And by doing that YouTube stuff, it immediately lets them know whether or not your style and your personality is going to resonate with them. Yep. I can't agree more with that. Um, so is there, is there anything before we wrap this up, anything that you'd like to share, any final advice or just something you want to, um, you know, promote or anything you got going on that you want to talk about? I mean, I think one of the biggest things, um, when it comes to being a photographer is that I think oftentimes we get lost in the fact that it's a job, but we, we need to be grateful for the fact that we have figured out a way to make money off of something that we would do for free. And that, (laughs) and honestly, and honestly, it's, it, it's really on us to figure out what is the the type of work that we want to do in photography that we, we will never feel resentful of and, and build our business based on that love and that passion and not just pick up the camera because we can make a check off of it. Don't lose sight of that, that passion that you have for what you do for your art. Build on that. Don't just have that on the side. Let it be the thing because that is what will get you through all the dips the ups, the downs, the twisty turns that we inevitably go through as artists making a living. And I think really that's something that, especially now with all of the time that we have on our hands to think about stuff, I think we really need to kind of hone in and kind of think about, you know, where we are with what we're doing and maybe make some adjustments or, or double down on what we're already doing. Well said. Uh, That was very well said. Um, so I want to say thank you, John, for joining me today on this episode. Um, I'm going to share all the places everybody can find you on the show notes. Uh, but if you can tell the listeners the absolute best place to find more information about you. The best place to find me would be johndamato.com. You can start there and all my socials there. You can sign up for my newsletter there to read about all the 
fun meanderings that pop out of my head and uh, <laughs> shoot me a little message and say hi and introduce yourself. Awesome. Uh, you can find the show notes and where to find John at imagely.com slash podcast slash 106. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.